Hello and more grace. My name is Pastor Leticia Mason from Unburdened Ministries and you are listening to Halas and Foes Podcast. For we are commanded by God to be the salt and the light, bringing God's standard for our lives to the four corners of the world. I want to introduce my co-hosts for tonight. We have Pastor Jason Bent from More Grace Ministries Antigua, and we have Pastor David Linton from Eternal Life Tabernacle Apostolic Missions in Middletown, New York. Welcome, Pastors, and More Grace. Amen. More Grace. More Grace. More Grace. Good to be here. Bless you, everyone. Bless you, Pastor Ben. Bless you, Pastor. Linton. Good to see you. Man. Yes. Good to see you guys. Good to Pastor, see you, Pastor Mason. It's easier, Pastor Mason, to say LTAM, the acronym LTAM. That's a long name. I have to say <laughs> the entire thing because nobody knows you yet. When no. you get to the knowing, then know. we will say it the short way. But yes, I'll get there eventually. So tonight is an awesome topic, and I know we're starting off a little bit late, but our topic is... What are the differences between the prophetic gift and divination, the gift of divination? Currently right now in social media alike um, in the world, because social media currently is the platform of platforms for everyone, we see that there's a lot of prophecy going on. There's a lot of confusion and not a lot of people know how to recognize the prophetic gift versus divination. And many, the Bible said that many would be misled. And I believe it is because of the lack of knowledge why our people perish, as it says in the word. So today I wanted to introduce what prophecy is and what divination in the Greek prophecy is from God. It contains instruction, information made to grow the individual or guide to God and mastery. Where divination is to foretell or foresee, it is a prediction used to deceive. In the Greek, there is a close association to the python spirit, which is a spirit that constricts its prey and is used as a device to mislead. So I wanted to throw it out there. What is the differences um, between the prophetic gift and divination? Anyone, if you could go. Prophetic or prophetic or prophecy comes from a divine source, which is God, because as uh, what that is actually saying that it is truth, it is uh, God's spoken word and uh, it's divine. When it's spoken, we know that Satan is a counterfeiter and he duplicates whatever God says. So anything that comes from God, where God is light, God is truth, he represents truth, his word is true. Jesus said, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word that proceeded from the mouth of God. And so coming from God, we know that it is divine, it is prophetic, it is true. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Satan speaks, as he spoke to Eve, when God spoke to Adam and Eve, he came with another message, which was actually half-truth. Did God say you shall not eat from the tree of this fruit from this tree, and you will surely die? And Eve said, yes, you shall not surely die. So we see then that anything that comes from the mouth of Satan is divination. And divination is simply, in the simplest form, 
is a lie or it is half true. It can be mixed with truth, but it is not fully true. So in the simplest form, uh, that's how I would put it. Truth coming from God, lies coming from the devil. And lie or divination, they go hand in hand. And truth and the word of God uh, is prophetic. Yeah, you, the, question, the first question we're looking at is, um, what is the difference between the two? And I think um, Pastor Linton uh, hit it on the head. Uh, it's just simply a matter of um, the source. Whenever we look at the word divination and the prophetic, we have to look at the source. Now, um, when we look at the source of the, uh, the prophetic, we see it's a direct word from God to man. And that word now connects or always can measure up to the Bible or to the word of God, God's spoken word. So if someone prophesies and, it, and you examine it through the light of the word, the, the written word, it should connect. It should um, be similar in its content. Apostle said to us that God speaks in two forms, corrective and instructive. Now, when we look at divination, which is, I think, what we're going to further, is when we look at divination, divination can only speak to our past and our present. The prophetic can speak to our past, our present, and our future, but more our future. So when someone practices divination, they can't speak of our future. And this is why it fascinates person that you haven't, you've never met this person, but what this person can say about your grandmother, what this person can say about your your, your parents, what this person can say about the childhood experience um, makes you puzzle and, 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 and um, sort, of, sort of, you know, makes you uh, captivated and even seduced to some extent by how can they know this? If no one said this to me. I want to mm-hmm. share an experience with you guys really quick. Um, as I was studying for this topic here, uh, I came across uh, a document where uh, an, a pastor went to Japan and in Japan he, had, he met some missionaries and the missionaries were, they were talking about the same thing we we're speaking about, divination. And she said, they, he said that um, one time in Japan, parents, the parents took, had a son. There's a couple that had a son and the son used to have these um, demonic um episodes strange demonic encounters and so they didn't know what to do so they took him to a uh, a, a soothsayer or a witchcraft witch doctor that was the word they used they took him to a witch doctor and the witch doctor said to them that um while this child is going through having these demonic episodes it's because he was born a twin and um his brother died in child's birth but only the parents knew this the child did not know this or no one else. And um, they said that because you did not build a shrine for this child to worship this shrine because of the child that died, the twin that died, he is now haunting his brother and creating these demonic episodes. Now, what happened there was that the parents, so they told them what to do, build a shrine and worship the shrine so that this child don't have these episodes. They went and they did it. They went, they went and they did it, and it eased. The symptoms stopped. But what happened now is that the parents now buy into, or were initiated now, into a, um, a, a, a witchcraft, the spirit of witchcraft and divination. So they figured that if they got the sun sorted out, that would be the end of it. But that was not the end of it. They now got initiated into, um, into witchcraft and divination now with that said what that does is that it now draws them away it draws them away from from um trusting in the gospel believing the gospel because they see that witchcraft or divination work so therefore they have confidence in it because it brings results but then when they see what happens now is that they are tying their whole family to this 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 spirit of divination so when we, when we look at, at divination, we see the tin line, we see the source. They were able to 
speak about the past of this family, the past of this young man's life, what happened at birth, but they could not say anything in the future. But then what he said to them to do is to worship a build a shrine and worship it. And in so doing, they will now be at peace and calm from the spirit. It will not affect the son anymore. But at the same time, the family now is initiated into divination. So they now have to continue to do what it is that they, they which doctor said for them to do, to continue to worship the shrine. And as long as they do it, they seem as if they're getting results. So what happens now is that they will lose any confidence. The odds of them ever becoming Christians or accepting the gospel is limited now. So that's what divination does. And that's pretty much the thin line between it because the source, one can speak to the present and the past and the prophetic speaks to the future. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I want us to keep that passage of scripture though, because in studying it today, um, it's going to answer a lot of the questions as we go down further, because I'm glad that you went there. It's a very um, interesting topic as it relates to divination and the prophetic, because, um, and, and Pastor Linton, if you can just keep that same scripture, because it starts from really verse nine. The whole okay. issue here of divination and the prophetic really starts from verse nine, because God was warning them. He says, when you enter that land, no, he knows what's there. And I think sometimes we would say, well, God, if you know it's there, move it from there. Mm -hmm. But then the free will, our ability to choose and to be obedient to God and to follow what he says, again, also shows this, this very thin line. This very thin line that says to us, am I going to listen to what God says or am I going to go against what God says? But... Um, when we when we when we speak of the source as opposed to the other, um, when we look at divination, I want to say this: um, when we look at divination and the prophetic, in the same passage of scripture that Pastor Linton read, uh, as I said, it started from verse nine. When you enter the land, the Lord your God is giving you. Do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Now, the mere fact that God warns them about this spirit of divination and the practices of divination it means that he's not the source of it if god warns us about divination it means that he's not the source of it he would not he would not warn us of the source and want us to stay away from it if he's the source he says no come and drink of me if you're thirsty drink of me if you're hungry eat of me so it means that if he's warning us to stay away from it he's not the source of it so i think that really gives us a good understanding of the two based on the source yes but that passage of scripture is very interesting as we continue okay so we'll keep it up um pastor linton you made a reference to say satan when you initially started um giving your dissertation um what P i think a lot of us when you talk about my generation the younger generation we don't understand satan we don't understand him we don't understand his role we just go about life and the bible said that when you look at him right it says something very unique about him because the bible really gives you characteristics of him and one of the characters characteristics given is when he said when he lies he opens his mouth it's so interesting when you start to look at the devil in this way before he even opens his mouth to utter he is internally thinking of a way to manipulate and the thing about a thought process is that in your mind when when you normally go to lie it's always in the mind that you conceive it before you utter it and then you convince yourself that this is a great lie so that when you utter it now, you already test yourself that this is a great lie and the other person is going to believe this deception. And I think that's what's happening right now in social media. We, we are such a likey or a following type of community now. So people are more apt to deceive for the the need of liking or the need to be liked or the need to be popular and they're not seeking for the truth and you made a reference to counterfeit why is it that as a society 
we are more apt to go to the counterfeit than the real thing. Well, by 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 nature, by nature, we we as youth, by nature in our fallen state, we are more attracted to things that are evil. Mm. Simple as that. When when I'm when a person that doesn't have a regenerated heart, just just by nature, it's it's a simple thing to to want to draw to the things that are opposite to God without even making an effort. It's just it's just an automatic thing that happens. And so the minute we hear anything that's fought because our heart is has not changed as yet. Mm. Uh, we become part of it. Mm. There's no uh, discernment to try to figure out is that God. As a matter of fact, we Bible says we are hostile towards God. So, so first we're not thinking about God. So mm. Satan knows this. The enemy, the, the devil, know this, and that's where he plays. He loves to poke our job where it really can affect you and and so he knows how to he studies us mm. so uh if the scripture said which it does said the natural man cannot understand the things of god because they are spiritually discerned they are foolishness to him with that said then he's totally oblivious and ignorant to any truth so of course now when the counterfeiter come or when the light come, or when the, when, the, when, the, when the false props come, or divination come, automatically we are part of that. I think when it comes to counterfeits, right? As a society, we have been so programmed to want the fake and not work for the real. Um, when you look at stuff, things that we could acquire, when you look at uh, bags, women strive to get the thing, to find the closest replica of the real thing as, as much as they can. They don't strive to pay the price or work for it. They just want the look to deceive people around them to make them look as if they have what the other person that has the real have. So as a society, we become obsessed with attaining or trying to get the fake thing it's in every every little leg of our society we crave to have that which is counterfeit so much so that even the real in itself is starting to reduce in price because they see that the fake is more attractive to us as human beings and it's so interesting that because of this shift you see the real is starting to change but with God, he doesn't change. He's immutable. That's one of his characteristics, right? So if he doesn't change, there is more that's going to go into divination because one is quick. It's a quick fix. Two, it looks like the real thing. And most people do not know how to differentiate against the real from the fake because we're so inundated with it in society. So we crave fake. We want fake. It's okay. I don't want to, I don't care about the real thing. I won't spend the time to get to mastery for the real thing. I will get the quick fix now. And if it goes and gets old, I'll just buy another one and replace it. And I think second to that is that um, the ease by which the counterfeit comes, because mm. as you spoke about the younger generation going after the fake is because it empowers a self-image that makes them relevant. So mm. when you look at self-empowerment to become relevant and it's it becomes easily accessible, it becomes cheaper, mm. for lack of a better word, cheaper. And I can still empower a life that's seemingly on the outside seem to be vibrant, seem to be colorful, seem to be exciting, seem to be rich, splendor, you know, have all these things. So mm -hmm. 
the more I can create and build this life that um, that would empower me to be relevant in my generation, that's what we're going to go after. Mm. That's what makes counterfeit so popular. Counterfeit money empowers a man to spend. Even though the money is not real, it empowers him. So he can travel, he can, until he's caught that the money is not real. But he, the, 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 the counterfeit money it empowers a person. It empowers them. It empowers the image, uh, how they see themselves, the things that they can add to their lives. So it empowers until the fake is exposed, until it is revealed. Then there's no longer uh, um, in need because of the shame and the guilt and everything that comes with it. So it's similar to a person who may live a double life, a pastor who living a double life. Mm. He, the life that he lives and he wants them to see is the one that he empowers. When the other life is discovered, the shame sets in. Everything breaks down from there. Everything falls apart because that's the one he doesn't want anybody to see. So you look at the empowerment, the empowerment aspect of it. Counterfeit money empowers that person. Counterfeit jewelry empowers a person. Counterfeit accessories empowers a person. You know, it empowers a person's self-image. And, and once that self-image is empowered, the person tries to maintain that lifestyle as long as they can until the deck of cards collapses and everything is exposed. So in the, in the church, we would say that we should know better, right? Why is the counterfeit, why is divination more appealing to Christian leaders than attaining mastery in going for the real thing? Well, I think um, when it comes to Christian lead, again, empowerment, and, I, and I, I'll, I'll continue on, on Pastor Linton's point, where our nature to be relevant, our nature to be recognized, our nature to be rewarded, our nature to, um, to be relevant, Every pastor wants to be relevant. Mm. They want to have the largest following. Not necessarily he goes out looking for it, but even society makes it so. Social media makes it um, uh, a craving for persons' churches to be popular, mm. for persons' congregation and church membership and everything to be out there. So because we're living in an age, you know, there's something called the spirit of the age. Apart from our natural tendencies, the spirit of the age means a certain generation or a certain age that a certain spirit or, or, or something is popular, is raving. Um, so we still have that factor. And I think that's what generates a lot. The second thing I think happens too is the kind of influence and power you get from having persons under control. You're no longer pointing them to God because the prophetic points people to God. The mm. prophetic takes away um, the interest or or uh, it doesn't point a person, per people to a person. No, you point persons to God. So when you point a person to God, you'll, you if you're a prideful person, if you're arrogant, if you want to be relevant, having all these tendencies, as I mentioned before, the spirit of the age, the influence, the empowerment and all these things, when you have an issue, with those things. You're not going to point anybody away from you. You're going to point people to you. Your gift is going to make room for you so that you can exploit persons, so that you can advance your cause, so that you can empower yourself, so that you can become relevant in a generation. So we do a lot of these things because of that. And it's a, it has a lot to do with pride. If we look at it, it's the root of pride. Mm -hmm. um, let's look at Lucifer. Um, when the Bible tells us he said, I will ascend to. He's, he's speaking about empowering himself. I will ascend unto the, 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 the throne and he shall be, you know, everything. Everything that he, he, speak, he spoke about himself empowering was mm. to be relevant. Yeah, was to be relevant, was about him. Was about not pointing the angels to anyone but himself. So, mm. um, you know, to deceive persons that way and to get them to follow him. That is what you have to do. So a lot of leaders now um, try to, you know, and, and I, want, I want to say this too. They don't start out saying that this is what they want. I think what happens is, is that 
they start out genuinely mm. but then because our nature is so corrupt and and our heart is so deceitful that is why mm. you can't trust your heart you can't trust your own heart so when and and you have to keep submitting to god so that you can actually you know know what god is saying to you and know where he's leading you because at any given time at the pinnacle of your celebration and your accomplishment it could be there the devil would attack you so you have to be so submissive humble and and uh, just trust god and and point people to god point people to god don't point them to you you, you can't defend yourself you mm-hmm. can't protect yourself and when when everything falls is you you're going to be the one that is going to be rec- seen and exposed mm. so but can we call it a gift though you know vasilintis said this last week and i pondered on it i mean a gift in a sense is something that you were given but can we classify it as a gift because a gift is essentially supposed to be something that brings good tidings, good feelings. So is it a classification of a gift or is it something else? And what would we classify it? Right. Um I want to I want to speak on that. When I saw the question, I said, well, could be that the question stemmed from last week's question mm-hmm. and uh you know when you have a itch and you you scratch it mm-hmm. but it you want to scratch but if you scratch it it might hurt but scratch is so when i left the, when we finished last week i had a itch i wasn't i couldn't go to my bed <laughs> and uh, without without looking at that question again because for me mm-hmm. personally i just don't like to ah uh, use the things of god mm-hmm. or, or speak the things of god and put it in a the same the same bracket or the same basket as what Satan is doing, with, even with words. Or, uh, I give an example. One day uh, we were teaching on uh, miracles in Sunday school. So uh, the youngsters were teaching and I overheard them saying, Satan also worked miracles. And I said, ah. I felt a little pain. I said, don't call it miracles. Give it another name. And they said, what pastor? I said, call it line wonders. <laughs> so, I, I, I went to the word and I found a scripture from James chapter 1 and verse 17. And it said, all good and perfect gift cometh from above, mm-hmm. come down from the Father of lights, which whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I said, good. So then, uh, if all good and perfect gifts coming from above, from the Father of lights. Mm-hmm. Then um, I got to look at the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may we may call it a gift, yes, but we got to put some adjective to it. To you got to describe that. Mm-hmm. So if all good gifts and they are perfect come from God, then I'll interject and put in all bad gifts and imperfect gift coming from Satan. I feel better that way because really and truly it, I understand the, 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 the point you're trying to make with mm-hmm. what comes from because it, in, in essence in natural somebody can get a good gift and somebody can get a bad gift. Mm-hmm. I mean that it's a gift. But no, from a spiritual aspect, no, I'm looking at the Father of Light and God. It's good and it's perfect. And mm-hmm. there's nothing good really withhold from them that walk upright. So you come and seeing that Satan is a duplicator, a counterfeiter, it's not going to come with something good, regardless of how good it looks. Mm-hmm. Masquerade, there's something behind it. Even when he speaks, 
true. Uh, when when Paul and Silas were were in Macedonia, mm-hmm. and the church was about to to be built here, there was a woman, uh, a damsel of the spirit of divination, and she said, "These men are men of the Most High God that show us the way of salvation." That's the mm-hmm. truth. They were, but even though that damsel, that spirit of divination, was speaking truth and pointed to these two men. Bible said Paul was annoyed. So there's something in that spoken by the enemy. It has something in it that's not tasteable. It's not digestible. And so uh, Paul rebuked it, cast it out. And we see all hell broke loose. Mm-hmm. Been up in the dungeon. So mm-hmm. even when Satan is speaking truth, because he's a father of light and his nature is to lie. There's mm. an objective in that truth. Jesus did not, Jesus silenced the demons when they came out. They said, we know who thou art, thou art the Christ. And he said, hold your peace. He commanded, he forbid them not to speak. Mm. Because even though they were speaking truth, the nature is to lie, yet still something. He want man, he want people to, to embrace her, to accept him for who he is and not hearing so much so the gospel from devils. So, bottom line is, whatever gift comes from Satan, it is not good and it's not perfect. Mm. Wanna call it a gift, all right, but let's put some adjective to it. Okay. One so, so I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to discuss this. So. In the original Hebrew, right, the word consequence, right, mm-hmm. it was a gift. It, and, and the Greeks changed it to, to initiate or to introduce a word named reward because consequence had a negative con- connotation to it, right? Mm-hmm. So the Greeks said, you know what, we're going to put reward to make it sound more fancy so when you look at the gifting of divination you could say the consequence of divination the bible says that the gift of god is eternal life right but there's also a consequence if you don't follow god there is the ability to have eternal death right so when you look at the root word because english is the worst translation of when it comes from hebrew to greek to english you see in that it's more of a sense of a consequence so when you look at divination it is described as a bad consequence and you look at the prophetic that's described as a good consequence still gifting still rewards but there is a outcome that comes out of them and that's what I think we could use it since you, since you want to change it. We could say the consequence is what makes it the consequence, the, the bad consequence. <laughs> okay. In other words, anything, come, anything's come, anything that comes from the devil, watch out. Yes. It's a bad consequence. Your reward. Let me use the Greek now. Your reward is eternal death. But you're, if you come from a prophetic state, then your reward is eternal life. Your consequence is eternal life. <laughs> That's a play of words then. Yeah, well I think what what we're trying to do is to um, defend something that maybe we can't defend and just mm. have to you know let it play how it play out but i think what what you're trying to establish is just a, a consciousness of um what's really right with god is concerned and i mm. see what pastor linton see in describing it i would want to describe it in a way that it, it draws a line between the two Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, to differentiate them. But the story that you refer to in the book of Acts 16, verse 16, 17, 18, 
with Portland Sailors. Um, I want to just hit something here because we, we started by saying what's the difference between the two. We talk about the source, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Pastor Linton draw reference to the same book of Acts, the, the slave girl who followed them for days whenever they went to pray. And to, um, you know, she would follow them and say to them, these men are, are, are men of the Most High God. Uh, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. Now, the Bible says, Paul become annoyed. Now, Paul greatly annoyed, or the annoyance of this young lady um, was that Paul did not appreciate the source of the recommendation. Now, this is what this is very important for us as we look at um, differentiating the two divination and the prophetic is that as a as a prophet having that prophetic grace you not only discern that what she's saying is not or whether she's saying the truth or mixing it with a lie as pastor linton said earlier the way satan does things he mix it up but as carrying that prophetic grace there's an unction on you not just to speak but to discern and to know the difference because what really annoy him was he, he did not appreciate the source the source of that recommendation now let's bring her now into today's culture if she was following a few men and women of god around they may put her in the church to preach because they would they would they would call her prophet now a prophet prophet yes and then the the source of her recommendation would destroy that church eventually but all having that grace and this is the thing again when we talk about i have a grace or something it's not just to execute it but to know the source by which other recommendations may come to you mm. apostle selman said this many times persons come to him and they say to him uh oh you are a man of god you alone doing so and so in the nation of africa he said no no you might know of me but there are other people so he stopped them because they, the source of the recommendation, the source of the recommendation is tainted, is corrupt. Mm. They have ulterior motive. But having a grace upon you, having the grace of God upon you, you don't just, it's not just to unction. It's just like our, our, our Father in the Lord Apostle. When persons go to him and they come with tears and they do all manner of things, he says, okay, I see your tears, I hear what you're saying, but hear what God is saying. Because he don't just have the function to speak, he has the function to discern the source of the recommendation that is being given to him. Mm-hmm. So that's something very, very important. Here. That again draws the line between divination and the prophetic. Because everybody would go around not to mash your feet or not to, to become an enemy with you. And they may want to sing you praise. And you have to know where that boundary ends. You have to mm. know where that boundary ends. And that's mm. another part I want to discuss as well, but I'm sure the questions will come and we will see one of the reasons why there's a thin line between divination and the prophetic is that the prophetic divination and the prophetic have boundaries. The line there, when you talk about a line, you're talking about boundaries. Mm. And God said, even God's word has boundaries. Mm-hmm. Boundaries for him to be committed to you and boundaries that you must follow that if you cross over what you would have said you can find yourself in divination you can find yourself in hurt or in damage or destruction mm. you understand so yeah. we, we we have to look at those that they're very important in differentiating the prophetic from the divination and we talk about mm. that thin line that thin line is boundary where do i stop that boundary where do i um not cross you're crossing mm. from the u.s to mexico and there's there's distinction as to when you reach over Mexico to when you're not to when you're no longer in the US. Mm. There's distinction, and that's the distinction between the prophetic and divination. Man, so with that said, Pastor, when I did add to that, the the, the danger, danger of uh, uh, let me use this first. The the danger of the closeness of of the prophetic and the spirit of divination. So it's so it is so close that yeah. almost like 
I don't want to use the word but, but fragmented. They're almost like intertwined. That if you don't have, as you said, if you don't have discernment, you won't separate the two. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 I want to draw a, a, a scripture, a reference from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 6 and verse uh, 10 down to 12. It says here that Nehemiah, as he was building, you know, he had problems. He had opposition from Sanbiat and Tobiah, right? And uh, of course, God was with him. He said, one day I went to the house of Shemei, son of Deliah, the son of Mehitabel, who was shot in his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple and let us close the temple door because men are coming to kill you. By night, they are coming to kill you. But I said, should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go to the temple to save his life? I will not go. Verse 12 said, I realized that God had not, had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Source of the recommendation. Source. Source. So recommendation. with that said, discernment came into, into work right here because he could have listened to this man because mm -hmm. he knows that Sanballat and Tobiah were against him so it's 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 easy now to look for a friend right mm -hmm. and with that said now here comes this guy to give advice and where he said we should go to the house of God <laughs> So, but Nehemiah was not quick to, to go with him instantly. And, and the thing is that if God, it, so, so it is said, I don't know if you've heard the phrase, many went but few were sent. So if you are sent, God will give you everything you need to, to, to function. When the function start company, you will in the midst of hell, you will know that hell, you are in hell. But if you went by yourself, then what's going to happen is that anything you hear that sound like God, mm. you won't even discern. You just go with the flow. And then, and then, Pastor Mason, consequences will, <laughs> will occur. Yes. Amen. I think you guys made reference to it so i want i want to introduce it what are some ways you know you used acts so what are some ways that someone could differentiate or discern someone that is led by divination and someone that is led by the prophetic and i asked this question because you know um i was in a church uh when i was younger and you could definitely tell the difference because of you know our father our mentor and you know making a comparison between that behavior and the comparison between how our our mentor teaches us to be around people and to tell people prophecy or to let people know it is a stark difference where one could be in the middle of a service and is telling spewing people's business out and the other could pull you aside and tell you what god has to say so is there any big differences that someone will be able to tell which one is being guided by that individual um i think one of, one of the things that you must look at um in detecting or differentiating the two scripture Scripture is very important here. Um, the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain. And I think if we can have a, you know, have these sort of discussions we're having, podcasts, Bible study, opening the word, sharing it as frequent as we can, is one of the things that um, when you look at the old church or the, the, the origin of the church in Acts, it can never creep in because these persons, these men and women, they, they study the word. The Bible says they give themselves to the word and prayer. And even when Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira tried to um, bamboozle 
the church at the time, the Holy Spirit was a detective. He was the one pointing out who needed to be pointed out, who wasn't fruitful, who was dishonest, and so forth. But it, again, it starts with us and our desire for the word, studying the word, giving ourselves to the word, because everything that we do, even the truth that, that a person may bring, has to go through the light of the world. It has to go under the microscope of the world. Before we start to um, embrace or use or celebrate and appreciate person, let's 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 see what the word says. Let let's hear what the word says. Let's pray. You understand? The Holy Spirit is given to us. He has been placed in us as the Spirit of Truth to guide us. But what we oftentimes do, don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit and don't pray about anything. If you go back to Acts again, you see this young slave girl, her motivation is to make money for her master. And then she thinks now that if she goes to celebrate Paul and recommend them and, and give praises to them, they just may, you know, give in and, and she's able now to bamboozle them as well. And we said that Paul became annoyed. Paul was not appreciative of her recommendation. The other thing that Paul, I noticed with Paul, is that Paul, what I noticed with Paul is that Paul um, did not need demonic approval of his work. Now, a lot of us, as I said earlier, everything we're doing, even the smallest thing in ministry, we need some level of approval. This is something, I mean, nobody wants to work and the work go unnoticed. Everybody wants to be praised. This craving for approval, this craving to outshine, this this desire to um, to be relevant has become the source of everything that we do today and i think this is where we're becoming corrupt and the corruption is keeping in because i mean you 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 ask somebody to do something or you give them a position to do something and persons are, are um they want to be tapped on the shoulder i mean yes encouragement sweet and labor but let's let's put aside that for a while until we see how genuine persons are. The Bible says, "Try every spirit, try every spirit, try them." Nothing wrong with trying them, but in trying them, we know who's genuine and who's not genuine. We know who who's backed by whichever force or whichever power or whatever source. But again, I think the Word and the Holy Spirit. Those are the three the, the, the Word, prayer, and the Holy Spirit. Those are the three powerful components. The Holy Spirit would always show us what it is. But then you see, sometimes what happens is that we go after persons and we want to build a good reputation with them. We want to, you know, we want their approval and all these things. And when they start to behave bad, we go to God now and say, God, show me sister so-and-so. Let me know if brother so-and-so is this or not that. But then you, 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 you depend on their approval, you depend on their support, you depend on their recommendation. And when time comes down, the guy says, no, he or she is not, you know, with you. They're against you. They're cutting or whatever. Mm -hmm. you're, you're so tied to them. You borrow money from them. You're, you're, you're taking this from them. You're taking that. It's hard for you to sever. But it's only because things fall out now. When you put the cat before the horse, when you're supposed to be now looking and and and, 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 and praying about person. And... Um, not not use wanting to use people to build mileage and to have leverage you know and and this is where um we talk about charismatic witchcraft comes into play because charismatic witchcraft now is where we try to play with people's mind play with people's emotion lead people on and and all these different things for our own benefit and it's not right so we have to go back to, 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 to the scriptures, to the basics. When you look at the way the early church started, it was just prayer, the word, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the CIA, he was a secret agent. So he can reveal every man heart, and show every man thoughts, and do everything. You know mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you brought up a term that we haven't introduced yet. So what is charismatic witchcraft? Has to be. Charismatic, charismatic witchcraft is where a leader um, may use charisma, may use his personality, uh, may use psychology, different things to manipulate persons is to, for their benefit and their advantage. So 
charismatic witchcraft, in, in essence, in a nutshell, is manipulation for one's own selfish gain. Mm. Manipulation for one's own personal selfish gain. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's use a word here. Boss around others. And, and, yeah. and, and I want uh, a simple example. If you don't follow me, or if you leave me, you will not be blessed. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's not Jesus doing the blessing now. It's it's them. So mm. and the person is ignorant of the scriptures, Pastor then said they follow the scripture. Then they fall prey to that and they fear they, they're afraid. They don't know what to do. Right? And mm. so they are held in this this iron uh fish. And can't mm-hmm. go anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Even, mm-hmm. even if God, even if God do come and speak to them, right? Mm-hmm. If they don't, if, if they are not discerning the voice of the Lord, they will stay bound. You know. Yes. As to what Pastor Ben said earlier, when he answered the question also, Jesus said, "You shall know them by their fruit." Mm. Bad tree cannot be a good fruit, and a good tree cannot be a bad fruit. And so, uh, in its simplest uh, definition, to, to detect or to know uh, who is good or who is bad, where divination and prophetic is concerned. So, then you look at people's behavior, their attitude, and even if it's uh, an individual who's pretending to be godly and they are not eventually the truth will come out you know not that mm. you're judging but you just observe even by eyesight in other words then uh put away all all spiritual discernment and use common sense and observe mm. look at that person lifestyle you know how they deal with others and then out of nowhere, you see you're in there trying to be God, but you know something is wrong. Mm. Then put on your spiritual glasses, and so said, so done. Your, your suspicion of that person is correct. They, they are not who they say they are. Mm. So in other words, they're hypocritical. Mm. That's where you can differentiate another definition has it to manipulate and control in order to cause others to do the bidding of the controller mm. charismatic witchcraft is to manipulate and control in order to cause others to do the bidding of the controller mm. so in the theme of the fake versus the real we are all under apostle and we know that he is under the charismatic movement the charismatic movement recognizes the holy spirit which most don't so the fake is charismatic witchcraft right and then the real is the charismatic movement and i think most of those most people get those things confused because when they hear charismatic they automatically assume you're talking about witchcraft so what is the difference between both okay can i can i go ahead first yes yes, yes. Go ahead. um first thing the holy spirit is a gentleman mm-hmm. it does not coerce or force you to do anything against him yet. Mm-hmm. right remember jesus said he that cometh to me whosoever will let him come first thing so with that said, now anything when you speak of charismatic, um, we're speaking of the, the move of the Holy Spirit and the nine supernatural gifts in First Corinthians chapter uh, 12, which associate with the Holy Spirit, because without him, there is no operation of the gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, word of works in of miracles, healing. All of this combined uh, with the move of the Holy Spirit is charismatic. And so now uh, you have other uh, believers who, when they look at us who are in charismatic group, 
they sort of turn up their nose because uh, as far as they're concerned, God don't move that way anymore. Mm-hmm. But we know that's what the enemy wants. He puts out there. That's another topic altogether. That can be divination in of itself. But now with the Holy Spirit now, Bible said he give to he gives severally, severally to 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 whomsoever he will each gift. A man, a person doesn't say, Lord, I want this gift. No. Even Paul said, earnestly desire spiritual gift, but rather that you may prophesy. So yes, you can desire spiritual gift, but it still ends up where the spirit gives to whom he wills. Right? And so with that saying, you know, the Holy Spirit is in charge. He controls. The word of God said, uh, uh, in Romans, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So in the charismatic movement, we are led by the Spirit and we don't need the Spirit. Mm. And the Spirit does not force us to do what we don't want to do because we are agents of free choice. So we follow him and we, we, we adhere to the word and uh, move as he will. In other words, um, I give an example one time when I just met a pastor. I was so adamant concerning um, casting out devils and I said, Pastor, if I see somebody coming on the street and Others with him. I'm going to cast, cast all that devil. He said, Oh, so you lead God into battle now? You, you lead God into battle. God, God don't lead you into battle. You said, Come, God, we're going to take out that devil. Huh? So, so he, he taught me now that when it comes to that now, healing is the children's bread and deliverance must be maintained. So you cast out that devil, that person's not saying, What's going to happen now? Mm. I'm my child, I said, Oh, uh, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. So that I learned from, right? So the Holy Spirit doesn't coerce us um, when it comes to things of God and the kingdom of God. And that's where the difference is. Now on the, on the opposite side, charismatic witchcraft as Pastor Ben defined it, it's controlling, manipulation, and everything that comes from the enemy, right? Mm-hmm. Force, bullying, you name it. That's what he does. Because if God does it this way, Satan will do it the other way. If it comes from the Holy Spirit and with the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, meekness. We look in Galatians chapter 5 and we see the works of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Then after that, we see the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Nine fruit of the Spirit, nine gifts of the Spirit. And God, as you come to him and allow him to work in your life, that's where you flow. The other Satan, he possesses you, take you over by force, right? And everything that we do, you are being manipulated. So with that said now, even a person practice charismatic witchcraft like a leader. See, I would say, Pastor Bentana comment on that. Um, I would say that he's, he's under oppression of the enemy because the Holy Spirit will not uh, use guide someone in that manner to to manipulate people. Sure. That is correct. Um, I think what happens there is that, as we said earlier, some person starts off genuinely, yeah? but this craving for empowerment, for power, for recognition, to be relevant in a generation, uh, to be relevant in the church, to be recognized. These are the, the works of the flesh, the corruptible that gets mixed with what we're doing. And because we practice it, you know, these are not, when we talk about charismatic witchcraft, right, and even divination, these are not one off things. These are practices. You know what I call them? I call them spiritual practitioners. So it is something that you apply yourself to. This is what you go about every day doing. You look at the doctor. Yeah, they they, like they they practice these things. They, these things are not one in a, once in a while. Um, a no, no, it's not these things at all. These are things that people set out to do. And as you rightly said, they become now possessed or oppressed by the devil now. And therefore, their, their mindset, 
because this is where everything starts from it their mindset mm. everything that they think of as you said earlier they 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 set out to lie and everything comes to their mind it's to tell a lie it's never the truth it's never to be forthcoming and 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 this is how you know it's true because when you bring truth they they get offended by your truth even if you're showing them one on one pastor i want to have a word with you you know i listened to your preacher the day and i heard you saying so and so and i find it very no 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 you don't bring correction to me right away as soon as you bring any truth to them as soon as you bring them to you know to a place of even trying to help them they don't want it because what they practice again it is not once in a while it's not here and there it's what they set out to do it's what they set out to do and they they ingrain themselves in our churches in the leadership of churches they and in order to stay there they now bring this charismatic witchcraft now to have persons now under their spell and their control fear of leaving the church fear of criticizing them fear of bringing correction to them fear of sharing the truth to them and persons sit there and say yes pastor go ahead i with you and and that's what they do so they 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 they, they fix they, they become fixtures in churches Mm. They have someone in the worship team. They have one in the accessory team. They have one in the youth department. Areas that they want to control and control the majority. That's what mm. they do, and keep people there. Now so, you make it a reference that's interesting, right? Because you said that they practice, right? So why put out so much effort to practice the wrong thing when you would say? that it would require the same amount of effort to do the right thing why don't we choose to do it you have to do something daily i mean god says seek ye first the kingdom of god and all his righteousness then all things shall be added unto you so you're practicing daily to get to a mastered state so why is it so much more alluring for you to do the wrong thing even though it requires the same energy what 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 I find happens in that situation there because I know of a leader who started out innocent, sincere, and genuine, and after maybe 10, 10 years, eight years, she just went to the other side, started practicing certain things, doing certain things, and behaving certain ways. What happened? You see, the thing that we look at with charismatic witchcraft, that thing they call control, you can't relinquish control like that. When you practice to control a person or control people, it's hard to just say, I give up this control. It, it's almost impossible. When we look at, for example, Jim Jones in Guyana, right? When he started in Los Angeles, take plane loads of people from um, the US, California, United States, all the way to the, to the, the Amazon jungle in, in Guyana. You see the control that he's not willing to relinquish, even when things are catching up with him. Because they were catching up with him in the States, you know, and he says, you know what, let me ship out. Now, you're talking about putting the same energy in the, you're, doing, you're, you're applying energy in the wrong. Why not switch? Mm. It doesn't happen that way. Control, you don't, you see, in the Caribbean, there's a saying that says, um, power corrupts you absolutely, and absolute power corrupts you means that to want absolute power it corrupts you absolutely mm. to want absolute power it corrupts you absolutely so there's no so it, 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 you die you die in that state the, the, the absolute power that you're going for it corrupts you absolutely and there's no room for you to say well you know what i'll wake up one day and catch myself no no that doesn't happen and then now even if God show you some vision or something in that dream that you're going to hell or whatever it is. Most times persons shaken up at that moment, as the Bible says, even the devil hear the name of God or hear the word and they tremble. They go as far as trembling. After they tremble for a week or two weeks, they go back into practicing the same thing again. And what I find happening to you is that um, um, when persons would have done this for years and have destroyed many people but then now to say i'm going to change and i'm going to 
look for everybody that I would have destroyed and damaged and try and help them. Pride said to them, no, you can't let all those people see that you went the wrong way for you. So pride also pay a factor now to sit to you and pride begin to speak to you. Now, look for example, let's say I have, I'm a pastor for 20 years and I've been doing something, I've been doing Holy Communion wrong for 20 years. And one day God gave me a rude awakening and changed and said, Jason, this is how you're supposed to do Holy Communion. Do you think I look for everybody that I would have indoctrinated school, control, criticize, and tell them, you know what, Pastor Jay was wrong, and this is the right way now. No. Pride don't allow you to do that. Pride would never make you, whoever, whoever, even if some of them died and went to hell or some turned atheist or whatever it is, you don't go looking for them. You move on, and then you leave them, and hopefully, you hope, Lord, I hope so-and-so, back in the 1997, uh, that church I used to think, I hope you give them mercy and get them to whatever it is. No. Pride doesn't allow you to do that. Mm. Because again, the control that you have absolutely has corrupted you absolutely. And therefore, mm. there's no room. There's no room to change. God alone has to intervene. And that person alone may have an encounter with God. Mm. And they repent and they move on. But to fix the errors that you would have created, and the, the problems that you would have caused. If you would like to follow our pastors online, please follow them at Facebook for More Grace Ministries at More Grace Ministry Antigua for Eltam Eternal Life Tabernacle Apostolic Mission. It is at E-L-T-A-M. And last but not least, Unburdened Ministries on Facebook is at Unburdened Ministries.